Welcome everyone to Matchup Plus Plus, which is the show that is here to prepare you for um, the meta factions and non-meta factions in the game, what they're running, what you need to prepare for. If you ever watch the podcast, a podcast, any podcast, our podcast, uh, <laughs> about how about, and then you hear say Chris say, ah. Oh, I've got to prepare for the Chaos Space Marine matchup, but you don't know what that is because there's no <laughs> Chaos Space Marines local to you. Well, that's what this, this show is going to answer that question for you. Mm. Um, so I'm joined this week. I'm going to potentially be a rotating uh, rotating guest, but this week I'm joined by Tom. Hello. And Chris. Yo. For to bring their expertise on oh, uh, yeah. the three factions we're talking about this week, which is Chaos Space Marines, Eldari, and Leagues of Votan. So uh, the way this is going to work is we're going to talk about sort of the general um, where they are in the meta, units you got to watch out for, and then an example list that's done well recently. Um, so uh, and then maybe you know some tips to to cover them. Um, this video is going to be fairly tight, not not hilarious, you know, like comically long. Um, not going to go into the really the weeds with it, but um, yeah, uh, I guess we can we can get started with it. Sweet. Um, so the first one up we've got is Chaos Space Marines. Boo, um, <laughs> so uh, as we can see here, they've got really good performance against Custodes, Space Marines, and Imperial Knights. Oh yeah. Um, but their weakest matchups are those Dark Angels, Gene Stealer Colts. I just put Gene Stealer there. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> and and Orcs. Mm. Um, they've got four event wins, and this is only since the data slates come out. So uh, four event wins in a couple of weeks is still pretty impressive. Six percent play rate and a 55% overall win rate. Guys, what do you think about the um, the perform best and perform worst against? Is that like a, does that feel like pretty accurate to you? I'll let you go first, Chris. I mean, <clears throat> now the custodians aren't as strong. I can imagine then they like and Chaos Space means like to punch. Um, I think that's going to, you can see kind of like why that would happen. Um, Imperial Knights, I guess Forge Fiends and stuff are nice into that. Mm. And Space Marines are pretty crap. So, uh, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, can, I, think, I think those kind of, those armies in some ways are all kind of trying to do things that the Chaos Space Marines are doing, but not as well. Yes. So therefore, the, space, the Chaos are just going to win that game. Yeah, and CSM have very good like damage three plus weapons. You know, lots of lots of shooting that can pick up custodies bodies, marine bodies, dev wounds for going through Imperial Knights. Um, and obviously, they win straight up shootouts because they can control it with the Nurgle strat quite a lot of the time. So yeah, these are all just very nice profiles for for the damage that they put out. And I think it's the CSM because it has better ways of hitting and reaching you and stopping you hitting and reaching them um, than I would say those books have. Custodies, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to shoot them, right? They still don't want to hang with them in combat, but I can see why Forge Fiends would just do a number on a brick of Custodies. I think it's super interesting that um, Space Marines have such a, a bad win rate against Chaos Space Marines, but Dark Angels specifically have a really yeah. good win rate. Yeah, it's pretty much Deathwing Knights that are making the difference there. And right? I think also, also the fact that I think a lot of top players have run Dark Angels if they're running Space Marines, right? You haven't seen many people innovating on Space Marines pure. I think you will now, but I don't think you have. I think Dark Angels since WTC have been what people have been clustered around. So if you're playing Dark Angels, you've been more likely to be playing a top, top player like Paul James or Scrivo. Um, and I think, yeah, Deathwing Knights are a massive problem for them because... CSM lists, and we'll get to this in a bit, but the melee brawlers they bring are usually good for bullying stuff. Um, Abaddon's obviously an exception, but not that many lists at the moment as, as, as heavy on Abaddon. But Chosen, Warp Talons, those kinds of things are great at just smashing through like mid-range units, but if they hit a proper heavy combat brawler, they probably come off worst in that, in that fight, which is interesting with the GSC one, because obviously Aberrant's... I think it's a similar sort of thing where there can be like a big combat brick out there that actually, you know, five chosen or five walk towns are just going to go in and die. Um, and again, with GSC, they can do the same sorts of things back to CSM. They can screen with the no 12 away shooting. But I think the key thing for GSC is they can drop in three away, which is massive in this matchup because mm -hmm. so much of the CSM game depends on lone ops for screening, depends on the Nurgle strap for making you untargetable. And GSC can just drop in three away and throw a million bombs. And CSM don't have anything that's going to survive that if it does land and get an angle on them. 
Do you think it's the number of bodies as well? Yeah, I, th I think so. Especially now, dev wounds have changed because it used to be a forge fiend would kill like twenty neophytes, right? But, but it's not. <laughs> it's, it's not going to do that now in in quite the same way. I, I found it a tough matchup when I played it before. Um, but I, I'd, I'd be interested. I, I wonder again if the way that CSM lists are currently shaping is maybe a little bit more GNC the cult friendly. But actually, I don't know. I don't know how much this match has been played at the moment. GSC are obviously a bit less common now. Um, it would be interesting to play it right now into like the Liam VSL style list. Orcs is an interesting one. Is that just sheer pressure and screening? You think? No, I reckon so. It must because there are quite a lot of things like the drop, right? Yeah. For, for, for a, a blitz to really use them, you want them yeah. to deep strike. Um, so. Then if Orcs are just covering all of that ball and controlling the angles and where they can kind of mm. land, then um, then I guess what? you got Sorry, the armor. You... The AP doesn't really matter that much with the Orcs. They're only AP one. It's not like they're going into a load of Terminators and stuff, and they're trying to punch you. So the Nurgle strats are what's helpful. Mm. It's just difficult to choose a target for the chosen as well, right? Because if yes. you start the chosen into like ten boys, you're just going to get whacked by knobs or something, right? Yeah, and orcs have or fight on death as well, so no one wins in those in those <laughs> fights. Um, and I think the trucks give CSM a bit of an activation problem. We'll talk about this in a bit, but CSM love it when they can have one turn deleting all your hard targets without coming out, and then come out and and clean up. And obviously orcs go, here's eight trucks, and obliterators can't open eight trucks whilst hiding behind a wall. So then they're in the danger zone after that, I think. All right, um, so the next slide. Uh, so the CSM most wanted. Um, so these are the units that are <laughs> the most, uh, it's probably popular, I would say. Yeah. Most likely, you think you've got to watch out for the most. <clears throat> so the first one up is, of course, Forge Fiends. Um, the output is pretty horrific you, you look at that weapon on, on, on the stat line it just says d3 shots like, well that's not so bad but they, they actually have three of those just three. And, <laughs> yeah. they, and they each have blast so if you have if you have like 20 guys <laughs> in your unit that's actually 3d3 plus 12 shots it's so, a lot <laughs> of shots yeah <laughs> it's still it still nearly kills 20 neophytes now that's not, yeah, yeah. not piss about <laughs> um and obviously it has de devastating wounds on it for yeah. if you want to take a hazardous test that's fine um so you normally see them either with Undivided or Nurgle. Mm -hmm. um, undivided gives you critical five sustain hits. Um, so if you need even more hits uh, on all those shots. Uh, and then the other one is uh, Profane Zeal for full real hits and wounds. Yeah. You normally come in from reserve, do that and delete something real nasty. And you usually see like one of each, don't you? At the moment, that seems to be very popular to have one on the board that's Nurgle so your opponent can't shoot it and it just threatens the lanes. And then the, the really high damage one sneaking in. And if you're incredibly patient like Liam Versell, you wait till turn three before it comes in. That was the <laughs> remarkable thing in the final. He waited that long. And then by that point, the elves were like, there is no way, no way we can stop this coming in somewhere <laughs> horrible and just having it wreck our dreams. So yeah, they, they're they really, really scary. Um, they don't love T12. They're a bit swinging into T12. Obviously, the, the undivided one's pretty good, but you're really fishing for, for your sixes at that point, trying to get your dev wounds through the target. Um, and they don't love AP reduction in cover as well. That can that can blunt them. So they, it's not they they have profiles they don't like. Land raiders can be a bit of a faff. Land forts can be a bit of a faff. But they they're just an all star. They just can really hurt pretty much anything that they look at. And elite infantry just melt. That devastating wounds really just smooths out any cracks you would have. Yeah, um, that's exactly it. it. Yeah, exactly. Um, just such consistent damage, and they're long range. That's the other thing. It's like thirty six inch range. So yeah. they can just cover huge chunks of the board without being in that kind of danger zone where the opponent might get within 12 and you won't be able to protect it. So they're, yeah, they're a super, super good unit. They're okay. biggest threats to themselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> from taking, they're taking mortals from hazardous and dark packs. That's usually how they get, how they get hurt. They, they steadily die over the game. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. So next up is obliterators. Um, let's say they deep strike in. Um, get once again, say the same similar kind of combo sustain hits five followed with Nurgles or real hits of wounds undivided. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, once, once per game indirect, and they have a multiple, multiple selection of weapons. The most important one is probably the, the melter equivalent, yeah. probably the best melter weapon in the game, I would say, combining its range, strength, and um, and damage because it's not mm -hmm. a d6, it's just a four that goes yeah. up to six. Um, so uh, what do you think about that one, Chris? Have you played against the players before? I have, and <laughs> they dropped in, and I was like, ha-ha, I'm phantasming my Wraith Knight to safety, and then he went, oh, well, I can fire indirect, and by the way, because you're within 12, I'm doing six damage a pop. 
And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, that was a lesson in learning what your opponent can do before you play the game. But actually, yeah, they are pretty terrifying. And because they've got the multi-shot profiles, haven't they? So actually, they're just good into so many targets. And kind of, you know, you, you can see why people, was it a WTC, were running like 12? Yeah. Because like you can just, you come in, you blast away with the indirect. You just clear a particular, clear away the stuff that threatens your obliterators. And then they get to move out and safely and just start shooting all the things you can see. And it's a, yeah. it's a really nice like one-two combo with them. Yeah, completely. It used to be the issue with the obliterators they've always had. They want to make them these this enormous like death ball unit, but also they tended to die like once they've come down and shot right. So in in editions past, they gave them shoot twice via a strat. Mm-hmm. Which used to really ruin people's lives. Like, yeah. I don't think I've, I think I saw more people tilting over double shooting obliterators than anything else in my early forty k days. People would just lose their minds about it, and they've kind of solved that with this indirect thing, which I think is quite an elegant solution, right? So they'll come in, they'll do one really nasty wave, um, and then yeah, then waltz out. They're actually quite good in combat, is worth saying as well. Like they fight pretty well. They they they'll go through light infantry and and, and small targets. Obviously, you can get rerolls on them. And I agree with you. I think it's it's the <laughs> Nicholas Wing goes in the chat and he says, A blitz are rubbish, points drops, please. There will be no points drops for you, <laughs> bad, bad man. It is it it's a devastating melter weapon because obviously so many melter now have to get within nine to do their good stuff, whereas this can drop and get the good stuff on the same turn. And yeah, that's, that's, the key. that's huge. Absolutely huge. And you can try and screen it, but even then they could rapid ingress and walk walk forward a little bit and then get inside your screen and still do it. So it's it is very, very scary. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it helps that because they're also solid in combat, they, they do stuff in every phase, right? Yeah. So they can drop in, they can shoot one unit, and then charge another unit, and you're just yeah. constantly getting value for them. They're very efficient in that way. Yeah. They're slow, but they're, they're punchy enough that, yeah, you yeah. want to just waddle up and make charges. And they, they once they get onto a point late game, you know, very armored, very tough, lots of wounds. If the opponent's already been hit hard, and that's, that's what this list likes to do, right? It just punches your opponent really hard in the mouth, kills the things that are going to hurt them back, and then cleans up. Yeah. All right, and the last one you've got to keep an eye out for oh, is yeah. Chosen in a Rhino. That is the new, so angry. <laughs> yeah, the new tech that's come out, um, has started being popularly used. Uh, Chosen do come with advance and charge base, so they can they can charge something twenty seven inches away from their transport. Yeah. Um, they have a care sword in there for free arm, armor of contempt equivalent. I comment it's like deadly yeah. bites or something. Um, yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, all profane zeal, so feel free to hit and wound because they are most almost every time they're going to be undivided, and their rhino will be Nurgle, so you can't shoot that. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean it's just uh, as you say, good for bullying because they're like strength five, AP two, I think something like that. Yeah. Um, potentially full reels hit and wound, exploding, um, exploding sixes to hit. It's just. Uh, Really mean. The Lord is a little a little murderer in there as well, right? The Lord with with the dev wounds on his hammer, re-rolling hits and wounds is extremely dangerous. Yeah. And as you say, the strat support is free, essentially. So they're cheap. The rhino, as you know, you've got here the the Nurgle mark in the Rhino just means either the opponent's got to run straight into Chaos Space Marines, which isn't historically something people like to do, or you're just not gonna pick it up. People you tend to use the the rhino does actions a lot of the time, right? They'll park it in the middle. It'll do like homers or something, and so it's it ends up being quite useful for seventy five points. And what do you do about that rhino, right? If it starts <laughs> yeah. into an L, what do you do, right? You yeah, can't yeah, yeah. It. You can't dig it out. You've got yeah. enough problems as it is. Typically, <laughs> it's not high on the price. It's, it's like trying to open a, a cheap tank doesn't feel like a great use of my time. Yeah. Well, if you go over there and you and you do get them out, then what? You get charged. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And these, uh, boards, these current boards, like they made it a bit more of a brawl, right? The objectives yeah. in the middle are all a bit closer, and there's there's nothing these can't hit really. If it gets a little bit towards the middle of the board, it can hit your backfield objective. It could, chosen can reach anything. I've seen people run it with the master of possession for plus one advance and charge to get even more reach, which is quite cool. Um, but obviously, the lord, the output on the lord is just so good that I think people like the killing. And I think 10 bricks of these are starting to become more popular, and that's really scary because it hits like a, an old Drakari unit from back in the day, which, getting out of a raider. Like it would, they'll just run out and, and delete God, basically, which is pretty, pretty horrifying. <laughs> okay. I do like the two fives with two lords in yeah. there. Yeah, I think nice two, two fives and a 10, I think, was common at LGT. That was the first time we've seen that. And that's where Custody's being on the, on the down 
is massive for CSM because they have good combat units. So suddenly you're like, oh, well, I can just run more of this because I'm not going to hit an army that just fights first on me all the time. Speaking of which, uh, we can talk <laughs> about the example list because hey. it contains those things. Hey! <laughs> all right, so this is Liam's VSL from um, LGT. Uh, obviously, it's one of the biggest super major recently. It's worth talking about, I think. Um, so we've got three Chosen Lords, undivided with uh, Demon Hammers, 10 Cultists Nurgle, 2 Rhinos Nurgle, 2 times 5 Chosen Nurgle, 2 times, sorry, undivided, <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, 10 Chosen Undivided, 3 Forge Fiends, the Obliterators, 2 Years of 2, 1 divide, Undivided, 1 Nurgle, 2 Warp Talons um, on Samesh for the reroll or Advance and Charge strat, I think, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, 3 Nurglings for Objective Stuff, Blue Scrubs for Lone Op and Celeste because it's a killer data sheet. Yeah. So that's just so good. Yeah, so with the, the Slash market, it's worth saying, so for Warp Towns, it does give you advanced charge, which is great because you can have a big go turn, but it also gives you fall back as well, so they can fall back and do actions and those kinds of things as well, which is very nice if they, if they get tied up. And they get exploding fives in combat, right? Or is that, or is that something else? Yeah, they, I believe they do. I believe they do. Or Chris Rad was in the chat. Yes, he he too was running this to great success at LGT. Well done, well done, Chris, on your run. Good morning, Existence UK as well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I would. For, I think obviously this is going to be something that you're going to see a lot um, because yeah. it's a very high-profile winning tournament list. So I think a lot of people are going to try and replicate this. Mm. Um, are there any other like variations on this you guys have seen? Like um, more of the obliterators. Celeste is obviously kind of a rare model. Not many people have that one. Is there anything you see people take instead? As a um, as a non-chaos player. <laughs> what does um, the blue? Or what do the blue scribes and Celesc add to the list? Okay, so the, the key things. Oh, sorry, Jack. If you know, you go. You go. Oh, blue scribes is a loan up. Yeah, it's um, a loan up. So it just, it sits on a backfield objective and does loan up things. And I think it does mortals if you get close to it, something yeah. like that. Um, and Celesc is a just a, a, a relatively small base, very punchy demon that can deep strike in. So it's all part of the kind of springing the traps surrounding the enemy. Um, doing actions if need be for your homers or whatever else but the key thing is, is she's got the old uh, two up get back up when you die so yeah, you're right. not you're not stopping her with overwatch and if you're a one phase army you're in trouble if she gets in the wrong place because you can only shoot her and then she's going to be smacking you with a hammer also very nasty range weapons um 2d6 strength 6 ap1 damage one devastating wounds yeah, yeah. Um, torrent so that's pretty nasty um, and then just a, like a bunch of strength seven AP two damage three attacks. Yeah. And Nurglings um, are thirty five points now, so you can just fit Nurglings in any list if you want. It's just completely crazy how cheap Nurglings are. Yeah, exactly. Um, what do we think? How's how does this 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 feels like it's evolving a little bit, right? It's a bit less on the Obliterator side. Still got three Forge Fiends, like it still absolutely slaps, but definitely more MSU and more melee, right? I think that's it's, the direction it's going. Yeah, um, there's more objective play here, and there's more sort of um, I call it boots on the ground units, basically, <laughs> um, like chosen to go out there and be on an objective and like get stuck in rather than you know just little units that are just yeah uh, like warp spiders equivalents, not quite that. Um, you know, they're just they're just running and taking an objective when everything's dead and put like one guy on there and hold it. Yeah. Um, so they're a bit better, a bit more like that. Um, but yeah, I think. I think that's generally what we're going to be looking at um, as a general. Thing. Yeah, I, th I think the main, the only other build you're likely to see is is the cultist heavy. So the accursed cultist, right? They're, yes, they're, you, yes. You can do the kind of tar pit type lists. I know Manny ran that to great success. Yeah, with Abaddon um, for a four up in Volonor. In, in the main event. Yeah, exactly. So Abaddon, I think a lot of people do still like Abaddon because he's a force multiplier and he keeps things like accursed, very, makes them very durable. Um, but I think those kinds of lists don't ask as many different questions. I think it's kind of, it tends to be, here's my thing, can you deal with it? Um, obviously a lot of people can't, but if if they can, it leaves you without a plan B. This thing that we're looking at here can, can play the game a lot of different ways. That's that's what's interesting. I think that's like the appealing thing for me. Like <clears throat> if I was to take on playing like CSM, yeah. like this has just got so many tools. Yes, that's um, it's like Some people do like the, the, like the stat check kind of style. Um, but this absolutely just has the shooting. It has the combat. It's got a lot of utility. It's got it's just so a lot quick. of units. It's right? so quick. Um, and it can put the forward pressure on. It can play defensively. Um, yeah, it's just like an all-round awesome list. Yeah. I think one of the key things about Chaos Wave is it doesn't have a like a very like obvious weakness. 
you know no, no. it doesn't have like a like oh hit them here and this all this will work well i think that's no. part of the reason that they're strong is there's yeah. nothing obvious to exploit yeah it's, it's an army that controls the tempo again I, i've obviously it's partly just index jealousy but this is in many ways it's it's how Drakari used to play where you will kill a lot of this across a game but you're going to kill it exactly when they want you to kill it have after they've used it to hurt something and cripple you on the mission cripple you on your scoring and it can pick its engagement so well because it's so quick because it can shoot out of line of sight it can pick its angles um which means that you're going to have one of those con- those games where you're you're killing stuff but you always feel like you're killing stuff after it mattered right rather than before it mattered and i think actually attacking csm on the front foot early doors probably is important because if you let them set the tempo they're just going to have you in a head headlock for the entire game um and just keep feeding you things and pushing you into a corner um but i haven't seen enough of how other armies play into it that do well to know for sure certainly the fact that orcs have a decent win rate against them would suggest that pinning them in is important yeah, I mean, I think it definitely feels that way, doesn't it? Like, mm. if this army is based around putting that forward pressure on and keep, like, with all of the stuff, scoring the points well and then just smashing you in the face, mm. how do you stop that? Well, you've got to try and stop those chosen getting into juicy targets. Yeah. Um, you've got to stop those obliterators having something good when they drop down and fortune. Yeah. So that you can definitely see why the GSC and Orcs kind of thing... Um, they kind of their their control, control space, space right? yeah, um, yeah, which is going to be like kind of the way forward, um, because um, otherwise, yeah, you're not in for a good time, really. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. So I think we pretty much covered awesome, CSM. awesome, and horrific list. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, move on to the next faction, uh, which is Eldari. Hey, uh, <laughs> everyone's favorite. <laughs> Um, so Eldari does have really good win rates based against basically everything, which is what you expect. <laughs> yeah. um, Imperial Knights, Tyranids, and Space Marines of all varieties are the obvious ones. Um, the exception being uh, Black Templars, which we'll get to um, in a moment. Um, the things they, they form worst against is Grey Knights, Thousand Suns, and Black Templars. Um, I put Sororitas down here because uh, interesting <laughs> stat about Sororitas. They have an they have a fifty percent win rate against uh, against Eldari, but their average point difference. So the average difference in point score is nineteen points in the favor of Sisters. <laughs> right. So what that means is that when Sisters win, it's a blowout. <laughs> when they when they lose, it's very small. Yeah. Um, so how many was there a lot of games for that data? But that's that's a really interesting one. Sisters uh, have historically been a bit of a pain for Eldar of all kinds. Yeah, it was. I think it was about 18, 18 games. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, cool. Uh, yeah, so overall win rate, 56%, 9% play rate, very popular at the moment, and 5 and balance. Wins. Sounds like it's fair and balanced. Really good. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, uh, interestingly here, the two armies, Grey Knights and Thousand Suns, lots of uh, more wound output, which I think yes. is... Really important way to get with through the um, Incarn and the Avatar. Yeah, and they both what they both have is phenomenal movement as well. Ways to get into places that elves don't want them. Um, ways to no sell and avoid elf shooting um, and mitigate elf shooting. Thousand Suns, yeah, they can you know they can deep strike, they can move again, they can play around Overwatch. They don't have to commit all their resources to clear out your chaff. Grey Knights again, three inch deep striking is a real pest. Um, Templars is interesting though. How do we explain that? <laughs> <laughs> I I, th- I feel like it's just I mean Chris can probably answer this better than I can but I feel like it's just having a horde of feel no pain bodies is it must quite be right for Eldar to deal with. Absolutely, like you think Eldar obviously got a lot of high um, quality and efficient shooting, but you know there's been a lot of talk about how Eldar realistically struggle into kind of like the hordes um, yeah. and like overload. Like it's now the wraith obviously now that the um, now that the uh, race night has gone. Um, mm. So, yeah, I could definitely see a situation where your opponent parks 20 Crusaders in the middle of the board and then another 20 somewhere else whilst just rushing you and covering that space. And you're like, uh, I don't know, maybe eventually you will be able to clear them, but it will mm. be too late. Um, yeah. Whereas you look at kind of like the, the you know, obviously knights, you know, they just, they just die to the efficient shooting. I've yeah. never really been... I'm, I've never really, I mean, I had a Wraith Knight, but I've never really felt 
threatened by the Space Marines. I've not played without the Wraith Knight into them. Nids is an no. interesting one because um, yeah. I guess Nids are more into the the middle ground stuff. Like if they ran full horde, that could definitely cause some issues depending on the Eldar build. Yeah, I think um, Black Templars also have trapping, right? There's not been much trapping in the game, but Black Templars can give you no fallback type mm. stuff, which obviously if some of those big bricks connect yeah, and cuddle. Yeah, yeah. It's quite nice into an Incarn-oriented Eldar <laughs> list, right? Because the Eldar list is thinking, well, stuff's going to die, and that's when I get the Incarn in. But if, they, if they're trapping you and then only killing stuff at the end of your turn, the Incarn's not going to be able to move and activate as effectively. Um, which frees up the Black Templars because you don't want to move an Incarn into into a melee at the end of your turn, right? That's 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 thing. Then you're going to get hit by a brick and it's going to die. So I think, yeah, I've not seen these games played, but I wonder if the trapping tech for Templars also helps. And also, they just have so many bodies that they can just win the primary without actually necessarily needing. To I mean, that's the big thing, right? because yeah. the general rule of thumb is Elder are going to beat you in the secondary game. Yeah. Um. So can you out primary them? And you've got you know these units like Grey Knights who can drop down three away and then go here's. OC30 on a point. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> and they also score secondaries pretty well. Yeah. Um, so you can definitely see why. Um, and Grey Knights aren't particularly great at killing things, which are high toughness. But, um, but yeah, they're, uh, that's not what Elder are. So, yeah. I think um, in, an, in, in this new world of um, fixed objectives, Black Templars get a big boost there. Because mm. uh, it helps them catch the Eldari in the secondary game mm. quite mm. a lot. Blends and yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you just can't get rid of them. Um, yeah, I think that's that's pretty much covered all of those then. Um, mm. So, oh, whoops, oh, there we go. So, most wanted, Night Spinners. Those are all perfectly fine units. <laughs> <laughs> night Spinners. Uh, Chris, you want to take these ones to talk about Night Spinners? Yeah, go on, go on. All right. So, um, Night Spinners is such an interesting one. When it first came out, it was like, you know, it's, yeah, it's devastating wounds, it's twin link, but I'm, I'm not sold, guys. Um, obviously, so it's D6 plus three blast, strength seven, zero AP, two damage, devastating wounds, indirect. The actual shooting profile is like, Yes, it's, it's okay. Um, however, that turns out that if you make a unit minus two to its movement, that's quite good. But if you make it so it can't advance either, that is unbelievably brutal into yeah. a world where a lot of people went, oh, I'm going to take these big bricks off, hard to kill things. And when they're moving like three inches at a time, um, it and Eldar love to focus on a part of the board and delete it and then move on to the next um, part of the board and um if you if you're able to make one I'm part of the board move three inches at a time <laughs> it makes deleting the other part of the board a bit yeah. easier um it, it obviously now that devastating wounds have gone it's not got that spillover but it still can like just go go into stuff um and you know it can you just roll hot and you can pick stuff up and i think it's really telling that when the update happened they went to 180 points and vic and brian went we're still going to take three yeah because <laughs> right? i was there with the running two i don't own three so it never ended across my mind but i was like oh, two do i need to do i that's a lot of points and they just went no we're taking the three and there were so many times over the lgt i was like man if these three units were moving three inches right now this is not even a game <laughs> um so yeah i mean they're uh they're just they're so good i think there's certainly going to be a point where because everyone's obviously taking them right so they go up again at the next update so i don't want they're selling up to 200 points like you can't really spend 600 points on them can you especially if some can you? <laughs> assuming all the other LR stuff goes up as well um i still personally think two's probably the sweet spot um but um yeah i can definitely see why you would be taking three yeah. uh, i think three was probably partly like a mirror choice right because if yeah. you outspin your opponent in the eldar mirror then you're going to take away their little assets quicker and and you can remove their spinners and then kill their chaff and so i wonder if that was a factor in it but dear god what an oppressive tank it is <laughs> I mean, you're right, it got double nerfed, right? And people still yeah. took three. In fact, they doubled downs and took more. So yeah. it does it does say a lot about it. Could, it just combos so well with the Incarn game, which we'll, obviously we'll talk about in a moment. But if you've got three tanks that can kill anything on the board when you need to, that's quite useful. 
speaking of the Incarn, Chris. Yeah. Yeah. So this is my favorite unit. Okay. Um, <laughs> I played I one game without it, and I was like, spent the whole time going, oh, if I don't, if I if the Incarn can teleport, oh, I've got it. Um, so I'm like, Incarn is now always in my list. It went up in points to 350, and there's now genuinely like a discussion on is it an auto take? People generally are going Incarn and Wraith Guard or Avatar and Wraith Guard, or Incarn and Avatar. Um, and so kind of you know what works for you i've played the incarn for so long now i just love the utility obviously her thing is when any unit dies she teleports to the last model um and then can act normally which is a big departure from ninth where it was you could um you couldn't act normally you couldn't charge and that sort of thing so you're always trying to teleport her in your opponent's turn um so she's got um she's got obviously the flamer um, so she's able to um, pick up some little things there. Um, in terms of resilience, T10, 12 wounds, halving damage, 4-up in one, and a 2-up save. So in cover, kind of like a 1-up save. Um, it's just the utility, and she causes just so many headaches. Now, in a perfect world, with you reminding your opponent constantly about Lee and Khan's teleportation, a lot of people can kind of mitigate her to a... Um, to an extent hmm. in the real world your opponent will forget hmm. um and that just immediately can just close down a game but as the elder player with a lot of throwaway units you can just put them in nuisance places hmm. and your opponent's like oh all right well if i kill them the incarn appears but if i don't kill them they're just scoring homers all the time yep. and it's just that kind of that what hard place kind of mm. um, aspect if you play her wrong she does just die i i you know and it, i think it was really it's such an interesting discussion um on terms of when do you commit the incarn mm. because i mean we were speaking about this earlier if the incarn's still alive turn four turn five it's generally game yeah. and when i've managed to get the incarn in into the backfield and um like chop stuff up and just can't be dealt with like you you, you just win mm. um Sometimes if you commit her early and your opponent spends all their time for one turn killing her, then that can still win you the game. Yeah. But conversely, it can also cost you the game because you now have lost this utility and your opponent feels a lot safer. Mm. So um, and when we watched the LGT finals, they kept all those players kept firing off the Incarn early and losing the Incarn. And sometimes they won and sometimes they lost. So it's actually there's like this hard there's no hard fast rule on when to or when best to utilize her. She is really hard to play around, yeah. um, because you can't. It used to be she if she couldn't get within an inch of the model dying, she couldn't teleport to the place. Mm. Now it's just she gets to teleport, which is hilarious with things like infiltrators and that sort of thing, because um, she can just suddenly appear somewhere no one expected. Um, but yeah, just. A really, really cool piece, and it requires your opponent to be constantly on the top of their game with their like target prioritization yeah. and how they're planning out their moving and shooting and fight phase. Yeah, I think so, key things for the Incarn are <clears throat> chip mortal wounds are massive, right? The Incarn can't heal, dev wounds and mortal wounds go straight through. Yeah. So, grenade strat, tank shock, things like this help enormously. Like, if, if you do get an Incarn in your lines, you want to start doing mortal wounds to it immediately. So, having anything with grenades covering your, across your lines is very helpful because once it starts taking damage, again, the way the opponent uses it changes a little bit. They're a bit more reluctant to just throw it away. Um, and I think, yeah, committing a turn to dealing with it can be very worthwhile if it does pop up and just getting getting rid of it, answering the question and moving on. All right, awesome. Uh, last one we got here is Wing Spiders. <laughs> yeah, so uh, they went up. They went up to one fifteen, and still everyone's taking them. <laughs> so um, we saw Moody Minis posted there saying, "Couldn't believe they moved to up for twenty four. Basically, um, they move twelve inches, and then what they can do is something called a flicker jump, uh, which mean, means they move twenty four inches instead. Now there is a massive penalty to this." So, first of all, <laughs> you can't charge with them. <gasps> oh, no. Second of all, you roll the dice, and on a one, you take one mortal wound. For the exit. For the exit. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, basically, they're moving 24 inches um, and doing an action. 
or they're moving 24 inches and flaming the shit out of something with 6d6 um, shots, auto-hitting, strength 4, no AP, 1 damage, devastating wounds. Um, and then on top of that, because of the way the rules are written, they can also fire and fade. So they do have a 36-inch move, um, which just basically gets you anywhere for anything that you want. Um, so that's why you will always see at least one, quite often two, um, units in <clears throat> of these just because of their utility. You know, it is six wounds, and it is six wounds, toughness three, three up save. Right, you know, obviously they die as soon as anything looks at them, but um, you know, then the incarn appears. So uh, yeah, it's what spiders are are really good, and I would imagine they'll probably go up to like one thirty in the yeah. mix. Yeah, so. the the Overwatch potential is massive as well. I was losing. Like basically half of a Votan unit just trying to get near them. Yeah, yeah so I, um, I when I played Demons, I went and stuck my Warp Spiders right by his deployment zone by some like some hounds. So they flamed in and killed like four out of five of these corn hounds. And then he moved the other unit and then I overwatched them and then they <laughs> died. And then my Warp Spiders died. Then the Incarn appeared in his, um, <laughs> on his, by his home. It's a good day, isn't it? <laughs> and it's like, I quite like this. This is all yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just they they offer so much, and as we always, as we've attested to many a time, fast moving infantry is the way forward. Oh, and there good? are very few units which are more infantry based and fast based than war spiders. Yeah, for sure. I do find it quite entertaining that um, each one of these units we started with, well, it got nerfed, and I'm still taking as many of them as possible. Just, and they're all yeah. <laughs> so night spinners went up thirty, Incarn went up eighty, I think, and Warp Spiders went up uh, fifteen. And they're still a top tier competitive army, which gives you some sense of how how skewed this was to begin with. Um, Existence UK, you are right; they are not very interactive. Eldar in general doesn't tend to play a very interactive game. That's always kind of been part of how Craft Worlds play. They're, they're that kind of trying to duck and weave and hit you because they can't win in because the... they don't win yeah you can put your you can put your other army in the middle and say let's go and your opponent will literally table it um immediately that's that's how these assets work if you actually commit them on in sort of straight general combat so that's the flip side to this and if we compare it to that csm list the, the other flip side to this is like that's it every unit in that csm list will kill most of the units in an eldar list in one go there are the exceptions being wraith guard and the incarn right so if there's like and the avatar so there's like a handful of things in the elder list that can stick about everything else will just die when it's caught um so it does have weaknesses in that sense and these things all get stronger the more space you give them to operate which again takes us back to that kind of causing lots of problems and being very aggressive generally working quite well yep. um all right let's uh let's crack onto the list then uh, so we've gone for Hugo Ricciardi's list from London mm -hmm. GT, who's the highest placing Eldar player. Mm -hmm. um, I see, there's so many units here that are so good that we just didn't cover that are in every Eldar list. Um, <laughs> we've got the Wayleaper with the Phoenix Gem, Farseer, Fugan, Solitaire, Spirit Seer, Fates Messenger, who's going to go in the Wraith Guard, the Incarn, two Night Spinners, five Swooping Horse, three units of five Spiders, and ten Wraith Guard with the Wraith Cannon. Yeah, so um, this is, uh, I say, probably quite close to something i mean normally you would see uh shadow specters in here as well mm. um but there's there's none here on this one um solitaire also a bit of a bit of an out there pick for this list um but you know way leaper here, the spirits here and the wraith guard uh, they're all really common picks as well i mean chris mm. what are your thoughts on this one yeah so i re really really like this list um I kind of, at LGT, I ran a shit ton of characters and it kind of enabled me to start to focus down on the things I specifically think are the best. Um, I really wanted a Phoenix Gem on the way leap, on my way leaper, um, because it just gives you so much utility on being, throwing it forward. Oh, it's dead. Oh, it's back. Oh, the Incarn's here. Um, mm. And you can use it kind of like really aggressively. The Farseer is obviously for the minus one to wound on either the Wraith Guard or the Incarn. Um, Fugan, um, so I was gonna say I love the few I love Fugan right from the get go. You did just, your first Eldar game you brought him. Exactly. Like it's all I'm always been about Fugan. It just was but all these other units are cheaper. Um, <laughs> and so but now that the um now that Eldar are a bit more fair and balanced with their points cost, um <laughs> you can um you people are taking Fugan and having two units that die on the two up and get back up is so good. Yeah. Um and his melter with a fate dice, he's doing twelve damage at nine inch range. 
which um, is quite good at killing things. Yeah. Um, the Solitaire is an interesting one. I ran Solitaire, and again, we were talking pre-show, he just doesn't consistently do his job. So his job no. is to go and score assassinate or kill a key character. When he dies, trigger the Incarn. But he doesn't actually consistently do that, and so therefore um, he's at, I've actually dropped him from my list. The Spirit Seer, as you say, is to go to the Wraith Guard and then turn one um, one wound roll into a devastating uh, wound for the Wraith Guard. The Incarn is the Incarn, I've spoken a lot about that. Two Night Spinners, which I do feel is the right point. Swooping Hawks, I love my Swooping Hawks. Um, I've now got two units in my list. Um, just their utility. You start them at the back of the board, pick them up, boom, turn one. Um, kind of come down. Um, the three Walt Spiders, because you know they're one of the best units, so why not? And then 10 Wraith Guard, who can be used really aggressively, um, and because um, Phantasm still works on them, um, they can kind of beat. And on UKTC, you can kind of Phantasm them, turn one up toward, if you go second, up towards the Ruin, then move um, past or into the Ruin, blap something, and then be like, well, if you shoot me back, I'm going to shoot you. And if that's maybe a bit too scary, they're just going to phantasm to safety. Um, and so it's a really hard unit to interact with. But yeah. it's they're the last heavy hitter, aren't they, that can benefit from phantasm yeah. now. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's a really cool list. I've kind of taken this as my structured list. The only changes I've personally made are I don't run the solitaire for the reasons I've kind of said. Mm. Um, and I've got a unit of um, shadow specters in instead yeah. of i still really like shadow Spectre. um instead of the the second unit of wall spiders and then i've got a unit of rangers just because i really like that safety blanket of just you, having you want that. Yeah. um screening so yeah i've kind of i've made a couple of tweaks to that but other than that i think that is really close to like kind of the, in my opinion the optimal eldar list okay so from the perspective of someone playing into eldar um and like trying to trying to counterplay it um i've got a few questions so the, the way leaper phoenix gem like when you kill that guy does he get by the end of the phase or end of the turn or yeah so it's end of phase same fugue and it's at the end of that particular phase on the tour so you want a unit engagement range units of multi-phase damage is going to be the key then there right absolutely yeah you've got to be careful with him it's just like as long as you're playing reasonably safely and put him on a certain side of the board he's generally you know because we've got like stuff like face dice and stuff i mean fugan is obviously the one that is also harder to kill because Fugan's got two up save with a four up in front and has a five up feel no pain mm. um, and five wounds rather than the four. So uh, Fugan can be surprisingly irritating to kill. Oh, yeah. That's another one is the, the fast here. The, the power that the faster gets, that's the minus one to wound one, right? Yep. Yeah, so you can put that on the, on the Yinkan and then teleport it. Yep. Make it quite hard to kill or put it on the Wraith Guard. So they're also pretty rough yeah. but and it's a 12 tired. inch range so um you know once the incarn's off somewhere else you can probably won't get it and then it kind of goes to the wraith guard and the fastest other ability is again within 12 flip a dice a fake dice into a six yeah. so when your opponent rolls their fake dice and they've only rolled one or two sixes quite often it's not the end of the world simply mm. because they're just going to be using those ones and twos up just to keep flipping yeah. them into sixes for you yeah. for your devastating wounds or your six damage on a wraith guard or your six damage on fugan and that sort of thing and that's it's worth pointing that out with this list because that's the thing with this is that it it is deceptively low on anti-tank right it's essentially got 10 cannon shots at a short range fugan and the Wayleaper's gun but the nature of how eldar work with the fate dice is that you can have sixes in a couple of places which just means you only need two or three shots to take down a hard target every turn and that's kind of how this functions you can you can pop any hard target with those and obviously the incarnate itself can just blend through things with its sword um and the longer you let it do that the better it is so again it's eldar again one of those armies where they they can do a handful of absolutely amazing things every round so it's essential that you don't let them have lots of rounds to do it Basically. I think, yeah, like, Eldar are really good at tricking you into thinking, oh, shit, if I move out, I'm fucked here. Yeah. Like, exactly. they're, they're really good at that. And so often, it's a case of you just need to go, well, I'm going to call your bluff and just, yeah. like, kind of really put the pressure on them. It and doesn't feel good. 
it doesn't feel good, but it's often the right thing to do, which is force the issue in a bunch of places. They're just as scared of you yeah. as you are of them. Whenever my opponent goes, oh, I don't really know. I guess I'll just move this unit out. But I'm like, yes, you've just let me. Eldar just want to sit there and score yeah. their points. Like, they how love, are you going to be Eldar? I love an opponent who just goes, oh, I can't do this. I can't, yeah, do, that. Yeah, I can't yeah. do anything. Right. And, and if, you, if you've mentally kind of collapsed, and I appreciate that the fact they've been overpowered for a while means that this is probably quite a reasonable way of feeling. But I think you have to come at it with a create a lot of problems and then find solutions in that chaos. I think you have to do it generally um, you've got to beat them on primary yeah um and 100 because they're weak uh, on primary right nothing in this list other than the wraith guard wants to stand on a point and their oc is crap like the incarn yeah. three everything yeah. else in that list is oc one yeah there's no there is very little mission play they don't want to stand on points the wraith guard if they get threatened will leave the point that they're yeah. guarding. <laughs> yeah. so you have to push them off the primary for as long as you possibly can because as you say chris they score secondary so well that the primary is the weak point. And I think you're going to see a lot more fix now. I, I mean, I'm just like, with my list, I'm just like, well, if I just take um, deploy and behind enemy lines, and because you've got something like Hawks that you yeah. drop down, and then they fire and fade 14. Yeah. So you can score it without ever risking Overwatch. You're right? having great. to screen so much of the board, because it's not like, oh, I've screened my deployment zone. No, mm -hmm. no, no. You need to screen out 14 inches past your deployment zone yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because of the fire and fade exactly. um, aspect of things um so yeah they, they just they're very going to be very good consistently at scoring this is this is where the way leaper was just the nail in the coffin for this index right because it just has enough cp to do all of its tricks every turn yeah. phantasm other armies are making choices this doesn't have to make choices from the get-go it's not even like once i've chucked a card i'll have enough cp to do it it's like from the start i can do all my tricks and that's probably one of the big cock-ups in this yeah. index was just giving them an extra cp on top of it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure yeah. but yeah as you say you can play that lovely primary uh, secondary game with just throwing assets away without actually risking them Drakari actually do this as well but nobody cares because the rest of the book isn't, isn't good enough for it to matter <laughs> i think we could probably sit here and talk about Ildar's tricks for another hour Okay. Um, if you're just <laughs> we need to talk about the Trixiest army in the whole oh, game. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we're going to go to our next faction, which is Votan. Oh yeah. Uh, so leagues of Votan. Um, <laughs> we've got overall win rate of fifty-five percent. Is shot up. Oh, look at those CSM stats. That's sexy. I like that. Um, uh, their play rate is three percent. So it's the lowest of the ones we've looked at so far. And the one event we we're, 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 we're a rare people. Only idiots play them. <laughs> uh, right. So I'm the idiot. The yes, best Moody Minis, it's Votan time. <laughs> <laughs> best performance they have against Necrons is 66%, Chaos yep. Space Marines with 58%, and Tyranins with 55%. Yeah. Um, so this isn't necessarily... The, all these win percentages, because I have performs best, because it's not necessarily the best win percentage on each faction. Um, like, if you may have, like, an 80% in, like, four games. So I didn't yeah. count those ones. Uh, I think that's sensible, yeah. We'll go where the data's best. You know, it's like, yeah. So these these have the sort of most games and best performance into those games as well. Mm -hmm. um, so we got uh, performance words against Eldari. Surprising. Dark Angels uh, and Tau Empire. Interesting. Uh, to be fair, I would take 45% chance against Eldari. That's that's the best chance I've had on addition, I think, pretty much. Maybe, a GSC was a bit better at one point. Um, so I mean... To comment on this, Necrons, the way Necrons have been built, they ask one question, right? Which is, can you kill my block with some debuffs on? And Votan put buffs on that give them, that cancel out the debuffs on the block, have a unit that ignores modifiers and just delete it. So Necrons' game plan falls apart. Chaos Space Marines is an interesting one. I'd have to play that more. I've found that really hard so far, but I haven't played like quite Sagittar heavy and Votan can score very well and stay in the game. And it might be a bit like Orcs where it's too many activations, do you think? Yeah. It is like, it's a 45 games, I think, as well. So it's a good That's good decent data, size. yeah. yeah, it's yeah, good yeah, sample yeah. size. It's one of the biggest ones. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, it, I say, you, it is really interesting to see that I think the um, the Hearthguard unit, which we'll talk about in a moment, is a big part of this. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Dark Angels, are Dark Angels causing problems? How would that... Dark, Paul, Paul beat me with Dark Angels in about a turn. When, when, I was, when I was first learning Votan, when they were still rubbish before they got the buffs, I played Paul a couple of times, and Deathwing Knights get in your face at the start, and Votan just didn't have something that could kill that unit, right? Because the things that hurt Votan the most are damage reduction. The army depends heavily on damage 2. AP reduction. The army depends heavily on AP 1 and 2. And 2-up two saves, because that combos with the above. 
So as soon as you're playing into an army that has those, my loss at LGT was to Black Templars with Triple Redemptors. They do all those things, right? They've got Feel No Pain for damage reduction. They've got damage reduction anyway. They've got two up stay. So as soon as you hit an army that has those things, it's like I think a CSM Terminator build would actually be much harder for Votan than than the sort of MSU type builds. Um, and so Dark Angels obviously have the, be- the best one of those in the game, the unit that has all that stuff, and they shove it up your face straight away. Okay. Um, and then Tau Empire is the last one. Have you played this matchup before? Yeah, a couple of times. I played you, which was a, a loss. And was, I played Carl Grundy, which was a loss. That was, that was pre-nerf, though, to be fair. Yeah, and also I, I was literally my first, I think it was my first game or second game. But yeah. I think the thing with Tau is they are quicker and they shoot just as hard. So they can outmaneuver you. Um, you're committing things. They don't have to. They can pick you off without losing you know, the crisis brick. Um, and they have more cheap assets than you. Votan, although cheaper now, don't have like those little 30, 40 point rubbish things. So Tau can screen your space with like Crute Hounds. They can throw, you know, they've got a lot more little little vehicles, little units to control the space with. So it's a it's harder to control the terms of engagement. I played Carl Grundy at the Invitational and that was very much how that went. It's like when I could hit him, I murdered him, but he was much more able to control when we hit each other than I was. Um, again, I think a more Sagittarius-heavy list that creates more problems is probably a bit better. But again, Tau are just going to kill Sagittarius, aren't they? Let's face it. Right. <laughs> every every Tau unit kills a Sagittarius. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Sagittarius are T10, right? They are T10. They are T10. Yeah, so big uh, spamming T10 is an issue for Tau. So I think the more yeah. Sagittarius that start appearing... The, and that's, the that's a running theme with Votan, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so speaking of which, let's go on to the Votan Most Wanted. Here we go. He says Land forts, right? Oh, what? <laughs> right. So first up, we have the Iron Here Half Guard. Do you want to go through these ones, Tom? Yeah. Look, this unit, um, this unit makes people lose their minds. Um, unless they have a two-up save, in which case they're generally fine. But you, what you've got is ten baby terminators, adorable baby terminators, who fire an absolute ton of shots. Thirty Vulcanite shots, which are strength five, no AP, but dev wounds on the sixes. Then 10d6 blast strength four shots on top of that. So if you're lining up a Necron Brick, you are firing by the end of it. <laughs> like 100 and You're like, a lot. It's a lot of shots, right? It is an awful amount. And the thing with this is that this combo is with one of Votan's best stratagems, which is Ancestral Sentence, which is if you're firing at a judged unit, six is to hit a sustained two. So if you're already firing 70, 80 shots, and then you're getting sustained two on those, and then you're doing mortals, and you've also got plus one to hit and wound, and Hearthguard hit on threes. They're the best, most accurate unit in the in the Votan books. So they hit on twos when they're judged. It will just annihilate anything that doesn't have a two-up save. That's that's the killer thing. As soon as you're on three-up saves, it doesn't really matter. It's going to put so many wounds on you that the target will go down. And it, say you'll, you'll usually have a 10 with Grim Demeanor, which is the brick, so you're ignoring hit and wound modifiers so you're getting your buffs um in some metas it's ignoring ap and damage reduction as well but obviously that depends on the meta so yeah this is a, this is a brick that will come down and into an awful lot of profiles you could see why tyranids was a bad matchup as well right for the tyranids because these can just look at like three bug units and just kill them all very happily yeah it's a stat check right like you come down oh, and yeah can you, can you take a hundred odd strength four hits if yeah. you can you know, then you are allowed to win this game. If you can't, then you're not going in the corner. And know? people people hadn't seen this coming, right? People saw Necrons coming. People were calling Necrons to be very big at LGT. And yeah. this is one of the units out there that answers that question. And that's that's why Necrons simply didn't have the, the showing. People didn't take them and they didn't have the showing that people thought they might have. And this was a big part of the reason. Not the only reason, but a big part of the reason that this, this unit is out there. It's all, As you say, it's tough to kill too. People hate minus one to woo. <laughs> Right, and you yeah, can void armor, you've got AOC. So once a brick gets into combat, especially melee, because so many of the melee units in the game don't really have the AP, let's face it, they probably should have. They're coming in at AP2, AP3, and then you're reducing it, and they're minus one to wound. Stuff just bounces off them. I had a bunch of, I think it was Raven Guard, something or other with Shrike leading them, went into them yesterday, and they just didn't do anything and all died. And it was like, oh, nice. <laughs> good, good times. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, T6 with minus one to wound is like yeah, a huge It's a really, of, really good break point, isn't it? Huge proportion of the game is just going to hit you on uh, wound you on sixes. Um, but uh, yeah, okay. So 
Oh, I guess it's um, it's only if you're higher toughness, right? Uh, higher strength. Yeah, it, yeah. It's only only when you're higher, but then yeah, it, it just it just makes all sorts of profiles really difficult. Yeah. I, um, take us to Sagittar. So Sagittar is just a bit of an all star. It's got a scout move six. It moves twelve. It can advance, and the contents can disembark. It's tough. T ten nine wounds, and basically it's got a. For a, for a transport, because it is a transport, it's got good guns. It can either have a, three shots with missile launchers, two decent damage three ones, and one slightly less good D6 one, um, and a bolt cannon, which does a few damage two shots. That's quite a lot of output, like a, a decent strength already. And again, you've got plus one to hit and wound in this army, so strength 12 weapons like the Sagittar has. I think this is the only place you can get the strength 12 that isn't like the Magna Rail, which is swingy as all hell, so we don't talk about the Magna Rail. The one I tried yesterday that I am now in love with is the high las beam cannon, or as we as we affectionately call it, the lottery gun. <laughs> this is a two-shot las cannon with sustained D3. So if you're lucky, like I always am, you get D3 extra hits every time you fire this thing, and you're just chucking las cannon shots on at quite an alarming rate for a transport. It's really funny. Um, I think the main thing with the Sagittarius is that it lets you get into good spaces on the board. They are tiny 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 unit so you can hide it in all these little crevices all these little ruins it can carry warriors and the primary play on them is amazing because you can cover enormous ground just chuck warriors on a point take it back or flip it or go and do an action um you can fit obviously berserks go in these as well i've been trying that lately and i think that's actually got more play um than we'd necessarily initially thought as well and they create this problem of there's all these adorable little moon buggies hidden in the rocks and you've now got to come and get them out or the Votan army is just going to start scoring loads of points. So because the army wants you to come and kill things, because then it gets judgment against you, this helps things like the Hearthguard get to work because they're coming to fight you for the primary. They're killing the Sagittars, they're killing the warriors that spill out. They're getting tokens all over their army. And then your heavy hitters are coming in and a much better place to kill what they've committed. Okay. And you can be very aggressive with these as well. I mean, I don't, I haven't played like full sem with them, but there's no reason you couldn't chuck like six Sagittars literally in someone's face, turn one, and say, "Here, here's the, here's the train, right?" Yeah, and you can, you can run six because it's not gonna, it's not gonna screw you on bring it down because they're only, no. they're only they're nine wounds. wounds. They're nine wounds. Yeah, exactly. So for bring it down, they're perfect. Um, you could have, I say, I've, I've written lists where you have five of these in a land fort, and if they kill it all, they're getting fifteen on bring it down. Mm. Like, I can live with that. Right, that's that's a, that's the tabling, and that's and that's still, yeah, still very acceptable losses on the secondary point. Yeah, so they're they're a really good unit. They shoot hard. It adds, it just adds up, is the thing. Yeah, um, yeah a real faff to deal with, and they can just hide in all the buildings because they're small yeah. enough, small enough to do it. They're one of those vehicles that gets wherever it wants to get. How five dwarfs get in there? I'll never know. Um, they cling <laughs> off the edges like little stubby Drakari. Oh right, okay. <laughs> On the roll bars. Uh, mind, right, mind yes. <laughs> the last, uh, the last common unit we got here is the Hernkin Pioneers. Yeah. So this is an interesting one. So they, they again, they've got terrific mu- movement. This is one of the more fragile units because it's got a four-up save, which for Votan is just is just awful. Um, they shoot hard. Because they ignore cover, they also ignore stealth with the upgrades that you take on them. So minuses to hit and cover aren't going to help. They put out a lot of damage to AP1 shooting, which again, you can, you can see that's that's the Votan special. Lots of AP1 damage too, that's that's what they love. Um, and there's a little chain cannon on top. So And they've got the grenade strat, so it's quite nice. You can run them up, punk something with grenade, do a bunch of shooting. I think the killer thing with the Pioneers for Votan is that they also have outflanking mag riders special rule so if they're within six inches of the board edge at the end of your opponent's turn they can go off the board edge come in somewhere else and what this means is if you have two or three squads of these mobility is an issue i'm not gonna like although Votan can get into the middle quickly with the sags and the forts those kinds of things and they've got the deep strike once they're down they really struggle to get anywhere else but this gives you a constant ability to pop up and hit weak spots. It gets you in behind. It gets you, you can expose and kill enemy chaff. They're really good for picking off like Eldar units, right? If you need a unit to pop up and like fork two of the infantry so that you're going to kill one, and even if they get the other away, um, they're obnoxious and they're annoying and they're 90 points. They're cheap. Yeah. Really and they cheap. take some shooting to get rid of properly, right? Actually dunking a full squad of three because they've got the mixed profile on one of them. So one of them's four wounds takes effort they're not yeah. you know it's and they're t6 so 
yeah, they, they just contribute to this overall game plan of quite speedy, obnoxious, quite tough stuff. Quite hard to remove. That's the general vibe. All right, awesome. Uh, let's move on to the final list of today then. Uh, we've got Danny Porter's LGT list going back to the LGT he world. Mine in Jay Dick. That's funny. <laughs> he, he placed higher than you. So. It's, almost, it's almost like it was worse than this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he's gone for Uthar. Uh, yeah. I hit with Axe, another one with a Hammer, a Carve with a Gauntlet and the Volcanite, yeah. three units of Hearthkin, Warriors with Iron Blasters, mm-hmm. and then all of the upgrades that they can get, Med Pack, all that stuff. Um, Tears of Ten, Hearthguard with Gauntlets, a Hammer, and Volcanites, yeah. two units of three Pioneers, and six Sagittar with the Bean Cannons. Yeah, this is, this is some proper buggy rush, right? This is going to come in at you very aggressively. It's got six Sags full of little guys, so it's going to come and start scoring. Uthar and the Carl will be riding in two of those buggies, so you've got a couple that can punch a little bit harder. Uthar's actually quite good in combat, and he's really annoying to kill because he reduces all incoming damage to one, which is just hilarious if he goes and fights like an avatar or an incarn or something. Yeah. It's just like, no! <laughs> um, so he's quite he's quite good, and he can, he can spike some dev wounds, which you need. You need a little bit of mortal wound solution in here. Obviously, what this is going to do is rush out, start claiming all the points. As you try and deal with it, two big bricks of Hearthguard are going to drop on your head and cause enormous problems. Um, and the Pioneers kind of can, can shore up the scoring and, and boot around the edges as well. This can screen quite well because you've got you know, lots of little buggies to just control the space, hide around the edges and, and screen out the, sort of the sides as you push up. Um, I think it's very good at rushing certain armies. Um, it, I think his, his one loss was to Eldar, which makes sense because I think this this can certainly get have trouble if Eldar starts slowing it and popping Sagittars before you can get moving and all that stuff. Um, but it's just really doubled down on on speeding around and scoring and making trouble, which I think is where Votan are currently at. They're they're very good at primary denial. They're very good at secondary scoring in their own right. They're very good at pushing the primary by being in everywhere everywhere at once. This is an army that can be almost everywhere in the midboard and and play the game. A lot of armies do that and they lose. Votan go everywhere at the start and can play the game, and that's that's that suits them. They take the entire midboard and make you come and fight for it. Um, and obviously, with the two Hearthguard bricks, it's just got this massive hammer option in the locker for when you commit your assets. So yeah, really, really good list. Danny's a brilliant player, um, and he kind of shows Votan players where to go next. He's good for that because no one no one rated Uthar. He runs it for one event. Everyone reads the data sheet again. You're like, oh. That's awesome. <laughs> so uh, where do you hit the Votan then? If you're playing against them, where do you hit the Votan? That is a very on? good question. Um, Dev Wounds absolutely massacres Votan. Any slowing effects is rubbish for Votan as well. Um, you want to obviously demek them. And this is something me and Chris talked about. I think the killer thing with Votan is knowing where the Hearthguard are before committing properly to deal with them. You don't want a situation where Hearthguard bricks are dropping on your heavy hitters, and it should be relatively easy to stop them from doing that. They're 18-inch range, and they move five. So if you control space in front of you, because actually the, the, the stuff on the board that isn't the Hearthguard isn't going to table you or cause you a huge problem in this list, right? It's, it's going to chip away. It's got damage. It's going gonna, it's gonna to plink with its many, many shots. But the Hearthguard are the hammer, so you need to control where they drop, control the space, um, and make sure that you then respond and pick those up and put a dent in. So anything, I mean, Dev Wound type units absolutely massacre them. Hearthguard die to Night Spinners, they die to Forge Fiends, they die to Obliterators. Um, but I think they've also got a little bit of that. It's a bit Death Guardy where it's like you need to clear portions of the board and then play around what's left. Right. If you try and fight them everywhere, you'll lose because they're just that little bit tougher. Um, but you do need to sort of clear clear space off. They're often quite weak in their own backfield as well because everything's kind of gone running forwards. So if you can take their backfield, that's big. Anything that can get in round the back because they're going to dominate the middle. You know that. So you're sort of playing to protect your backfield, get theirs, maybe clear out one flank. That should be enough most of the time. Um, would be my advice. Are there any like tricks that your opponents have to watch out for? Any like. <sighs> The the main things are just knowing that a lot of their durability depends on decent toughness and minus one AP. That's what they're going to do. So you need either very high AP, AP4 does it, um, or you need to ignore cover with AP3. Those two things get through them. Anything else is very perilous, especially in combat. If you're going into Hearthguard with AP2, you're in trouble because they'll minus one AP you and you'll bounce a lot of the time. 
Um, so high AP, ignore cover is massive. Dev wounds are massive. Um, the tricks, they have a 2 CP strat where they can shoot you back with a unit if you're judged. What I find in practice is that the 1 CP Votan strats are so good that you don't tend to have 2 CP for this very often. But it's it's nice to have, and it's certainly worth being aware of, right? Because you don't want one of your vehicles or something getting picked up in your opponent's turn for no reason. So be aware of that. Um, I think those are the main tricks. And I think the key thing with the hearth guard to remember is that rapid ingress is a very real thing, right? We quite like finding a pocket on the board, rapid ingressing a hearth guard brick, and then pushing onto an objective with them in our turn. So you want to be looking at the board thinking, where on my opponent's side would he want to drop 10 Hearthguard? And how do I make sure something as cheap is there pushing it out so that if they were to drop, they'd have to drop somewhere I could see them or somewhere too far away from the point to make it worth doing? If you can make it so that they're dropping in their turn and risking nine charges, that's a much better place to be um, than letting them rapid ingress and walk onto a point. Because once Hearthguard get on a point, they stay there for quite a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I think that pretty much covers it then. Yeah. Um, so how, think... how great is it that Votan have made it to being on one of these? What, <laughs> what time the, to be alive. My many time. years playing the faction, uh, struggling, <laughs> struggling away, finally getting what we deserve. <laughs> Tom apparently measures time in dog years. Um, okay, uh, so yeah, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Tom, for joining me on this one. Um, if there's any factions uh, that you guys want to see for the next episode, leave them in a comment below. Oh yeah, let um, us know. That'd be great. Yeah, let us know uh, the factions you'd really want to see. Um, this did go on a bit longer than I thought it would, um, but we had lots to say, so I can't. can't it was super fun. Well done, Jack. Yeah, that was good, awesome. Yeah. It was super yeah, fun. That was yeah, really yeah. so yeah, drop us a message in here. If you have any things you'd like to see Jack cover, drop a message in our Discord. Obviously, we have a bunch of feedback channels and questions channels in there. So if you want anything covered on Matchup Plus Plus, drop Jack a message in there, and I'm sure he'll get to it. All right, um, so that pretty much covers it. So um, I guess until next time, maybe a week or maybe two weeks, depends on how things go. But um, yeah, uh, see you around. Bye. Bye.